So, fiddle me this. It's been said that baseball is America's favorite pastime, and that it's tough to argue. Baseball should hold a place in the heart of every American. So should fiddling. Since its arrival on this side of the pond, fiddle music has been passed down mother to son, friend to foe, south to north, east to west, and every nook and cranny along the way. Tunes take on new meanings, new names, new feels from person to person. Shaped by local community and purpose and region, fiddle music truly captures the spirit of a people. Across America, we can hear this tradition. I'm JT, and these are some of today's fiddlers playing their tunes and sharing tales. Welcome to Fiddle Me This. That gal before she leaves Leaving on that train headed out of town Her blue eyes and her brown hair She's the sweetest thing you ever did meet I could take her for my own back in Boston town Originally from Savannah, Georgia, today's guest traveled the country in his Volkswagen singing songs and meeting folks from all over the land before landing in Portland, Oregon just to be a guest on Fiddle Me This. Actually, he's been in Portland about 10 years now, creating community through food and music, while writing songs and creating bands that have done great things. In 2018, his group Crow in the Canyon were selected as cultural ambassadors for the U.S. State Department American Music Abroad Program, where they traveled across Africa, teaching at universities, hosting workshops, entertaining diplomats, and even collaborating with African bands. This is Banjo Slingin', Song Whippin'. Food munching and gentlemen of the South, Austin Quattlebaum. Um, I got you know I got a handful. I, I brought the Fat Banjo. I kind of been vibing with that thing lately, but um, you know I figured we could do some. I could do an original or two, and then some yeah. some classics too. Maybe I want you to feel comfortable to play whatever the hell you want to play, cool. yeah. and um, wherever the rabbit trail leads. But it's pretty free and comfortable, you know. Cool. Uh, you're yeah. gonna fit right in. It's gonna be a different episode, in that you are the uh, first banjo player we'll have on this. Fiddling around with the banjo player. Fiddling around with the banjo. It's yeah. first time for everything. Yeah. Well, let's play a tune. Maybe I'll try to uh, play some fiddle on on it for you. Yeah. Let's just see what happens. Thank you. 
fire in the fury Yeah, here is good near Oh, you don't have to worry Hold on to Jesus here Well, we'll all be safe from Satan When the thunder rolls But you gotta keep the devil You got them gut strings and this big old fat banjo? Yes, what I like to call the bullfrog banjo. Uh, <laughs> some of my friends call it the fart box, depending on how you fart appreciate box. it. <laughs> but yeah, it's a 14, it's got a 14-inch hit drum head on it and uh, some nylon gut nickel-wound strings. That Why they call it the bullfrog then? That's what I call it, I don't know. That's what you <laughs> call it? it? Yeah. Because you know what them bullfrogs sound like. It's a croak-like one, yep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Are you from... Uh, you from uh, you from down south, ain't you? Georgia, right? I was born and raised in Savannah, Georgia. Yeah, I went to went to college in North Carolina in Asheville. Uh-huh. And moved out west shortly thereafter and lived in California for a while before ending up here in Portland. Well, what what's it like? Uh, a lot of banjo players, fiddle players down around them parts. Is there is there? Unfortunately, no. Um, the Savannah, in general, I feel like since I've left, the music scene's gotten a lot better. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's a correlation or not, but uh, uh, 
Um, Savannah's a lot of a lot of blues rock. You know, we kind of okay. were born and bred on the Almond Brothers and Leonard Skinner down there. So that, yes. that southern rock still reigns true down well, there. And it wasn't really. I think I started playing banjo because all my other friends played guitar already, and I was looking for something else. And I felt like too much of a a theater kid, too much of a ham to be a, a bass player or something. I wanted yeah. to be a little farther forward than that. <laughs> uh, so I, I got a banjo. I think uh, you can blame Bela Fleck for that. Okay. Because um, I saw him play and uh, realized that the banjo is a lot more than just bluegrass and uh, bought a banjo shortly thereafter and didn't really get down into the nitty gritty of it until I lived in Asheville on the Southern Appalachian Mountains. And that's really where where the banjo weaseled its way deeper into my brain and I started okay. taking it a little bit more seriously. Okay. But, well, you, who'd, you, uh, who'd you start picking the brains of, as it were, or, or eyeing the fingers of some other than Bela Fleck right. once you yeah. got going there and got started digging in deeper? Who are some of... Uh, well, Bela, Bela's fingers really just confused the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it made, made me feel like I would, I would never amount to anything. Um, but I, I, there was a local teacher. I have to give him a lot of credit because he definitely helped me bridge a lot of gaps. His name was Bobby Anderson. Okay. And he was uh, a great Asheville banjo player. He still kind of tours around. And Mark Pruitt from Balsam Range, those were two very you know classic Scruggs-trained bluegrass banjo players that I really appreciated and got to see play up close and personal on a pretty regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I really started finding banjo music that actually spoke to me on a different level, it was it was John Hartford, I think, that I think for, for a lot of folks our generation, you know, I think you can kind of kind of blame Jerry Garcia for, for, <laughs> for part of the hippies finding their way into uh, bluegrass, but you can probably equally blame John Hartford for doing the same. And yeah, I think it was definitely Jerry and John both. That, yeah. Uh, those when I saw those weirdos playing banjos, I was like, "All right, maybe there is a place for me." I don't know that I'll wear a three-piece suit and uh, be in a polished bluegrass band, but maybe I could write banjo songs about smoking weed and riverboats. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, both of those guys, I love both those guys. They uh, they dug dug into their roots a lot, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, I know John; he would go around these old fiddle players' houses and yeah, and would record with them and just jam jam, you know, and mm-hmm. record it, and then you know study fiddle tunes like crazy yeah i mean that's i think that's one of the things that really makes a you know a good a good player is you got to have that traditional training it's almost like the the suzuki method to violin playing <laughs> you know the scrug style is to the banjo or something uh, you got to uh, have that base that base layer for you can you know go anywhere else i think and i i unfortunately have done a lot of backstepping because i Kept being like no nah, i'm gonna play in a jam band and yeah. <laughs> play banjo in a jam band and then i'd actually be like oh I need to focus on that whole Scruggs album for a little while to get get that underneath me so that I can take it somewhere else, you know. Yeah. Well, I think I think everybody does what what they want to do, you know, and yep. and you're doing that, and it, it yeah. sounds fine to me. Yeah, sweet. You got another song you want to play? Well, I'll play a song I wrote in quarantine, I guess. Try out a new one here. It's kind of a waltzy number in E. All right. Um, but uh, I got to thinking about when I was in. <laughs> You know how strange how circles kind of come back around in life, and um, I, like I've been was talking to you before. I, I started selling some stuff on the internet a little bit more, so some some tiny stools and some stickers and stuff, and opened an online store. And one of the first people that bought one of those stools from me was a, a kid that I hadn't even seen his name since the eighth grade, and uh, had, had forgotten all about him. And then I had this story come washing over me that I just felt such shame and embarrassment about. Um, and kind of 
you know, when you're that age, you kind of get swept into these circles of cool kids and, you know, you do stuff that you probably shouldn't have just to like fit in or something. And a good buddy of mine thought it'd be funny. And he, he told this kid that there was a, that there was a $5 bill in this dumpster uh-huh. out, out behind the playground. The kid got all excited and ran and peered over the dumpster and we ran over and picked up his ankles and threw him in the dumpster. <laughs> and I just felt so horrible about it. Um, so I kind of like that kind of led into I kind of led into this. <laughs> well, me and my friend, we threw another kid.
Fiddle Me This was funded in part by Bubbaville, a nonprofit dedicated to the educational and cultural enrichment of the Portland metro region through traditional music and dance. A staple on the West Coast, the Portland Old Time Gathering has been going for more than 20 years and brings national and regional American traditional musicians together. Go to BubbaGuitar.com for more information. Thanks, Bubbaville, for sponsoring Fiddle Me This. Hi, folks. It's Podland's number one producer, Liam Flanagan, and I just want to let you know about sponsors. If you're a business owner or manager and you are looking for a great way to get your product out there, becoming a podcast sponsor is just that. Podcasts are listened to all over the world. Podland has had visits from places like Kenya, Ireland, Australia, Vietnam, and almost all 50 states. What's up, Alaska? Don't you like podcasts? Anyway, becoming a podcast sponsor could be the way to give your business the boost it may need. To become a Podland podcast sponsor, contact me, Liam Flanagan, at liam at podland.productions. That's L-I-A-M at podland.productions. I'll play one, uh, you know, I played in a band here in Portland for a while called Crow and the Canyon. I play a song called Crow in the Canyon. On the Bullfrog. On the Bullfrog. Yeah, I um, went to Warren Wilson College in Nashville, North Carolina, and um, they, whoever paired the fre- incoming freshman just thought it would be the funniest thing in the world if they put a, a kid whose last name was Quattlebaum in a dorm room with a kid whose last name was Clatterbuck. <laughs> and it said Quattlebaum and Clatterbuck on the door of our dorm room. People would come by and write things like "Attorneys at Law" underneath it, or <laughs> "Esquire the Third. Mm-hmm. And uh, Clatterbuck's still a dear friend of mine. Actually, he's a hell of a songwriter. He he tours around uh, sometimes and has a great record out under the name of Oil Derrick. He went with the last name for the stage name, or first name for the stage name. I went with the last name, but uh, it's a great record he's got out, and he finally put this song out on it, even though he wrote it probably a decade ago. And I've been carrying it around and playing it out with for a long time. But he put out a version of this, and uh, or his version of it's got Abigail Washburn singing, singing back up and playing some claw hammer banjo on it. And uh, Abigail Washburn and Derek Clatterbuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, just on that one song, he's got a bunch of incredible musicians on the rest of the record. But yeah, so this band, uh, we moved to Portland, and I was carrying the song with me. And when we started practicing together, and this was kind of one of the first ones that we arranged, and. We didn't have a band name yet, and people kept telling us, just call yourselves Crow in the Canyon. It's a, it's a heck of a bluegrass band name. <laughs> so that's what we did. If I was a crow, drink from your rivers and I'd swim through your air. Well, I'd build up my nest where the roots that dare hold you. My feathers cold bled would find life in your care. And the mountains would ponder a love laid below them. would wander to the ocean again If I was a crow you were a canyon Well I'd still have 
have to leave you, my first love's the wind. Well, if I was a new writer, you were sorry I am sorrow. I'd give my last dollar to ride you away. We'd run to Montana through the clover and laurel. And the robins would fly south the same concern. Well, I'd follow those robins on the tunes that they'd offer. And I'm crying for the sorrow that her day was done. When I cross over, don't you buy me no tombstone Don't lay my bones in a grave so cold Just let the wind take me up where it's high and it's shining Cause the end I need will be new in the day How long have you been out here on the West Coast? Um, I moved out in 2010, so it's 10, 10 years on the West Coast now. Okay. Yeah. Wow, well, that's uh, that's just a little bit longer than me. Um, yeah. I've been here about eight, I guess. Oh, really? Something like that. Straight from Seven, Arkansas? Eight. Straight from the wilds of Arkansas. Yeah, man. The natural state. Mm-hmm. I got... You know, I've been inspired by a handful of Arkans- Arkansans lately. Oh yeah. You know, that, you know that Nick Shoulders character, or or Willie Carlisle, and yeah, Willie Willie's a good friend of mine. Nice. And, uh, uh, I, I I actually uh, was. I, Willie tells people that I was his first working gig. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> Which uh, I guess is kind of true. Yeah. Uh, we had this. Uh, we were trying to play some Western swing and Bob Wills music and mm-hmm. for people to dance to down there. And, uh, he, he started coming around with me and my buddy Cody and, uh, jamming and all that, you mm-hmm. know, and, uh, getting pretty good on that tenor guitar. And so we threw him in the band and 
Heck yeah. You know, he, he, he just had an itching to pick and play and write and sing back then and was starting to learn the fiddle and, you know, and just ate up with everything. And mm-hmm. then he started writing and, uh, you know, I saw it. Yeah, man, I'm just, I'm just so proud of him. He's, yeah. he's a talented dude. Great writer. He's been getting after it. Yeah. Got the pleasure to meet him at Folk Alliance this, okay. year, this year and then been watching his stuff. Digging what he's doing, you know. I think they're those those fellas in particular, Nick and him, are doing a good job of giving kind of Southerners our generation a nice voice, you know. Yeah. A progressive Southern voice rooted rooted in some uh, traditionalism, which is nice.
having me on your show. listening to Fiddle Me This and thanks to Austin Quattlebaum for being on the show today. More information on his music, check out austinquattlebaum.com. Did something in this episode move you? Leave us a review or comment. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook for more behind the scenes content. This has been a Podland production in association with Vita Joe Records and Bubbaville. I'm JT. We'll be back next week with another episode of Fiddle Me This. Thanks for listening. This has been a Podland Productions production, recorded at Downstairs Studio in Portland, Oregon. For more information on Podland and for more Podland podcasts, go to podland.productions. While you're there, subscribe to the email newsletter for sneak peeks, giveaways, and more. Thanks for listening. Podland Productions. (laughs) 